welcome back to the Mad Yet Mighty podcast with Megan Cipollone. And hi, hello, I'm Megan Cipollone. Thanks for tuning in. Um, It's Wednesday. Happy hump day. I enjoy Wednesday, even though like, I, I think I like the idea of Wednesday and then you start getting into Wednesday and you're like, oh God, we still have two more days. And I know that this is just such a common theme and common thought that literally every human being on the face of the earth has. However, I enjoy, I like saying happy hump day to people, you know, sending a good old text out into the family group chat, happy hump day. (laughs) I just get a little, I get a little thrill. I get a little immature 13 year old boy thrill from it. Um, so yeah, happy hump day. Another, another middle of the week down and thank praise Jesus super happy because it's going to be a short week for me because I'm going to be heading to heading to the old uh the old Nashville Tennessee where I used to live for a little bit not enough to say like you know heading back to the old but I was there I was there for a year I was there for a year went to school there had a little had a little fling I absolutely adore Nashville I think If I, I just have such an attachment. I have such an attachment to my family and I am so lucky and thankful that I have been raised and that I've had the experience because I know that not everyone can always say that. Not not everyone can always say that they absolutely love their family and don't get me wrong. Now my, my immediate, and I feel like I have to, being Italian, I feel like I have to kind of like get a little bit specific with the word family because the word family can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So for the most part, my family is absolutely phenomenal. Literally, I say probably like 99%. Um, what I'm talking about mainly is that my immediate family, I basically we're all freaks. We all adore each other. And I'm just super close. So we're going back. We're going back to Nashville. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, We're going to be going to a little pumpkin fest in Franklin, Tennessee, which is where I used to live, which is definitely basically anywhere in Tennessee, like middle, like the area of Nashville and kind of like just a radius circle around it. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Super unprofessional. The radius around it is pretty much like you're bound and determined to see like somebody somewhere. Now, I never actually laid eyes on someone. However, my brother was in American Eagle at or the Cool Springs Mall, which is like the town. Like we lived in Cool Springs um, area. Franklin was our Franklin was our town, which is basically about 20 minutes outside. I'd say I always round down like my father with time. It's about 20 minutes outside of um, downtown Nashville. But um, it's definitely an area where a lot of families reside. It's a it has a good school district. Basically, long story short, there's a bunch of famous people that basically are around there that and Leapers Fork. Leapers Fork is like another huge area in Tennessee where there's just a shit ton of musicians and uh, every anyone in the industry. My mom used to work at an elementary school. She was the 
secretary at an um, an elementary school where there was just like the area you just always heard of like so and so's sister or so and so's kids were playing with you know um Josh Turner's kids the other day and yada 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 and Luke Bryan's kids and like everyone had always like had a connection to somebody but the energy in Nashville like I've said it I've said it when I first like was going down there when my dad originally started living down there a year before my family moved down to Nashville. Um, there's just such a great energy about Nashville, about Tennessee. I don't know what it is. It's just and may, call it maybe something new, but I don't know. Like I lived there for a year and it just felt there's just something about the the energy, the people. And like I wasn't even like it's not like I was even in like the 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 heart of downtown all the time because like the heart of downtown like Broadway which is what Nashville is you know what 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 out of towners know Nashville for you know like Nash Vegas like yeah that's like the touristy part but like just living and being there I don't know I, I I loved it I wish I'd have the balls to like still be there but I just I don't know like my whole life my whole family and my whole all of my friends are here and this is I love I absolutely adore Cincinnati but like if I could ever like if I ever just you know one day wake up and win the lottery or something I would love I don't know I just love I love Nashville I love Nashville I I just always will have a spot in my heart for it anyways going to Nashville so we're going to the pumpkin festival in Franklin so hopefully cross our fingers we have a little bit of a star sighting chances are probably not but I don't know chances are probably pretty good so apparently one time we were in downtown Franklin and my mom swore she saw um I don't even know his name and you know God bless Kathleen but she I I think just like all of us we were just trying to see somebody famous we wanted to see somebody famous because we're so thirsty but she swore she saw and I cannot remember his character name but from the show Nashville (laughs) she swore she saw um oh my god I don't even remember it and I don't even want to look it up because I don't even care that much but we like gave her such a hard time about it we're like mom you did not one he's like not even that well known of an actor he he played he was he was in the OC as well Will it's his name was Will I don't even remember if it was Will Huntington Will it wasn't Will Huntington and I know if I was listening to this I would probably be yelling um because I'm a freak and I watched that show and I'm gonna hit myself because I don't know his name whatever so anyways there's that and then we're gonna go to the Opry on Saturday night which will this will actually be my third time going to the Opry we're gonna see Little Big Town which is always a great time the Opry is always fun if anyone ever travels to Nashville and is looking for something to do the Opry is just such a staple um, just a staple pivotal stop that I feel like you always have to experience once and it's just um it's just a really quick long story short the the Opry I mean what it first started as it's I mean and it still is like the nationally syndicated radio show but it's just like the home of country music and I'm not I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say and act like I'm extremely well versed I just know of it from living there from being a huge country music fan from following country music stars and watching them and hearing them talk about the Opry and the history and whatnot and everyone I mean like it's just like the home of country music um so everyone goes and plays there I mean periodically all the time um I I've seen I've seen so many people at the Opry and just because like in one night you'll see like four or five different I mean you'll you'll see a ton of different people but people that you'll actually like you know people that you would know if I like called it out like obviously Little Big Town people know 
Um, I've seen, and I, now I'm going to like draw a blank here, but I've seen Vince Gill. I've seen, um, my gosh, I saw, um, I've seen, I've seen a numerous amount of people there and, you know, you know, like being peach, I am obviously going to like forget everyone who I've seen, but whatever you get my point so you you go the show is about two 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 and a half hours long they do like a live broadcast and they basically have everyone play like little mini sets it's super cool and it's always just a lot of people from out of town it's just a really cool spot but um so we're gonna be doing that super excited and I'm just I'm just excited to be going back to Nashville and taking a little break and leaving Cincinnati for a tidbit um but, you know, as much as things have changed recently, I'm, ooh, I'm, God, I'm so sorry. I'm a little twitchy. That was me hitting my glass. Apologies. So besides that, I think, you know, I've, I've been doing, I've been doing really well. Once again, I'm just kind of like moving on, moving forward. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like I'm a princess and like I have all my shit together and I'm completely, you know, 100% healed. Um, but I definitely would say that I'm in a better place than I have been in the past. I'm in a much better place than I have been in the past. And I'm at a point of, um, you know, just, I'm just so, and call it what it is, maybe call it like lifting, call it a lift of the veil. And I, you know, and I feel so like cliche saying it, but I don't know. It's whenever I feel like there's, I mean, obviously, you know, my situation, I've just gone just gone through a breakup of a, I would my you know a long-term relationship I was in a relationship you know for three years and it was like the longest relationship that I've had um and you know I've done a lot it's been it's almost kind of been a really I mean duh it's been an exhausting couple of weeks I've gone through a lot of ups and downs I've gone through a lot of emotional like turmoil I've gone through a lot of um self uh, you know psychoanalyzing every little movement and thing and whatever and what I've really have just come down to and what I'm just going to continue to move forward with and I whatever however basic this sounds I just am so happy and ready to like just continue forward and I think one of the greatest things that I'm taking with me is that you know I don't want to look back on three years of my life and just be like oh you know that was you know what I want to bad you know I, I don't want to be I don't want to have bitter feelings and I don't have bitter feelings I don't because something that I've learned over the years and it just really kind of comes with time and it kind of comes with age not like I'm saying you know I am turning the ripe old age of 27 which I'm super excited once again I will say this I'm not somebody who really like age age is just a number but I don't know I just really I'm maybe it hasn't hit me yet I really don't care about my age right now like when I say 27 I kind of say like holy fuck like I'm closer to 30 than I am like 20 which thank god because when I was 20 I was a total idiot like I'm just I'm I'm so I'm I'm somebody who takes on another year of aging or whatever with just open arms because it's just god it's just another year that we're further planted into our life we're further rooted into who we are I at least hope that you learn something about yourself as time goes on I know I sure as shit do if I would I I have done a lot of personal growth I was I mean 
looking back on like the last five years, six years of my life, there's been a lot of change, a lot of change, a lot. Oh my God. Like it, it almost is like scary when you think back on the last six years of your life. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be turning 27. Um, I'm not saying that number, like it's anything to like shout out about. There's nothing special about it. I just feel like I'm, I've, I've had, I've had a, the past couple of years have been very like mon- monumental years for me. I've done a lot of growth in the past couple of years. I'm starting to become more confident in really working, really trying to work because I read so many things of like women saying like if there's one thing that I can tell myself, if there's one thing I can tell myself going back, it's just cut yourself some slack. Oh my God, we spend so much time worrying about this and about that. I mean, I mean, it's like ripping a page out of my book. I mean, like I've said before, I am like the, I am, I am an overthinker of overthinker, but I'm so hard, you know, tiredly trying and really avidly working every single day just to try to be more, try to be more still and try to just be more, it just, it drives me nuts saying these words because it's a very in thing right now. It's, and you know what, and, and good, for good reason. I'm tired of people shaming people for trying to make something better of themselves, for trying to be a better person. Is there anything wrong with trying to be a better person? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. But I think the people making people feel bad for trying to be a better person, I think there's obviously something going on there. There's obviously something going on there. And that's cool. That's fine. You can do your thing. But like for every other person who's, you know, trying to better themselves, who wants to like, you know, talk about bettering themselves and talk and try to like connect. I just we're just a bunch of souls trying to connect at the end of the day. Damn, that got real deep real quick. But it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. And I don't know. I'm just I'm so firmly I don't know. I just I feel really fucking good right now and I feel really good knowing what I want knowing kind of having you know you obviously after there's you make a big change in your life you kind of have to like reevaluate things but you know I tend to work really well I feel like I've like I've I've said this before on podcasts I I work I feel like I'm always in a phase of transformation always in a phase of transition like my life is just ever so transition and transformation, but I wouldn't want at the end of the day anything else because as much as life can seem so freaking hard at times and just so mind-numbingly painful, I think you just constantly have to flip the way you look at things and just always, I am just reading things like, this is, and you know, from Garden State, which I watched the other week, the thing that I got from Natalie Portman's character was like, this is life. Like, life is a gift. Feeling the ups and the downs and the emotion and the pain and the happiness. I mean, it's all part of life. It's all part of what we're, I, I, this is this is just sounding a little nutty Gandhi, but like, it's what's coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> Once again, had no idea where this is going because these episodes are off the cuff. Yes, sometimes I write down bullet points. Sometimes I write down things that I want to talk about. 
Typically, I probably don't go back to them. But you know what? It's Everything is just right off the old flimmy, flammy, flimmy, flammy cuff, which that doesn't make any sense at all. But it takes <laughs> it takes a lot to just sit here in a mo- inner monologue and talk to yourself. OK, not really. But yes, but not really. So that's my little um, shim sham of like a little touch in and a little like kind of, you know, if anyone needed to hear some of those words, I hope that, you know, we're. I'm with you. Everyone's with you. We're all with you. We're all trying to figure this thing out. We're all trying to figure out what we're doing. I I know I firmly, I'm always trying to think about, I'm somebody who is constantly thinking about my purpose. I'm always thinking about what my purpose is. Like I always am very like, just, I spend a lot of time thinking about like the greater, the bigger picture. I'm such a big picture person that sometimes it's not a great thing. I mean, sometimes it does affect my every day to day because I feel like I'm not fulfilling my greater prophecy, my greater purpose. Therefore, I feel like what I'm doing my day to day is very monumental. I feel like it doesn't matter. And that's not true. That's not true. And I'm saying this right now, and I might sound really firm in what I'm saying right now, but that doesn't mean that I feel that all the time. So I just, I don't know. I'm right there with anyone who is listening, who is feeling any sort of similar feelings I'm there with you I'm right there with you that being said let's take um let's take a little turn so this past week which has been just once again really wonderful and it just goes to show you when things happen and when shit changes like who is really there for you and who is there for you and it really it really opens your eyes I have a bunch of and I'm really grateful. Like, I'm not saying this to sound like, you know, self, I'm not trying to self-proclaim and whatever, whatever. But I, I'm very, I'm very grateful to have really amazing people in my life who care about me, who care about me enough to um, make it a point to reach out to me, to like see how I'm doing, to reach out to me, to say that they've listened to the podcast, that they really connected with the last episode and that they're really happy to hear that I was, you know, I bet it's just all of it means so much. And I, I had such a wonderful last week. I had such a wonderful kind of gathering with some of my closest friends who brought me over dinner and brought me over this, this, you know, the, the, uh, the good old breakup basket, which I would highly recommend, um, you know, figuring out how you can get one of those because they're fucking awesome. Just kidding. I'm not saying, but you get it. It was, it was, you know, it was a joke. Um, I have some really amazing friends who I'm continuously every single day thankful for and really just, this is just becoming so mushy gushy. I'm, it's light, it's light and fluffy, it's light and fluffy, but had a really great, you know, really great sit down with some of my best friends who were there. And I'm not saying, you know, people who you know were there obviously weren't, I'm just saying there is, it's. It really makes a difference when you have supportive people in your life who um, are there for you. Duh. Duh. I just feel like I'm, I feel like I'm being boring. Am I being boring? I hope I'm not being boring. But so that was that. Um, I want to talk about, so I experienced my first bar class on last Saturday, last Saturday. Um, I'm somebody who was so open to work out, to exercise. I'm not saying that I like it. I'm not saying like, I'm, 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 and that would be a lie actually. And I don't want to be called, I've been called a poser before. 
and I'm not gonna be called poser again do do I like having to wake up early in the morning and work out absolutely fucking not do I want to lay in my bed do I want to snuggle my snickle fritz of a little stud muffin pup pup yes I do I want to lay in bed and I want to cradle my dog and sniff and smell him all morning long like I feel like that's what I would want to do for the rest of my life lay in my bed with my covers with it being extremely cold in my room a lot of AC and um, laying with my dog smelling him and smelling his Frito smelling whatever's by the way um, I don't really have a lot of don't don't really have a lot of tv movie content so if people are feeling like this is a little bit off brand I'm just I'm just kind of taking an episode to just kind of chit chat and just kind of be a real human being um you know so hence why I'm talking about things that people are probably you know what whatever who cares Megan stop trying to justify yourself so yeah like does it suck waking up in the morning and working out in the morning um yeah it does. But once you get there and once you do it, it actually feels really great. I once I get there and do it, I, I, I feel like a, I feel like a million bucks. I feel like a superstar. But I don't even know where I was going with that. I totally just it was running. It was running. It was running. And I just slipped it. I just slipped it. Anyways, talking about working out. So whatever. So there's that. But um, yeah, so smelling Carson. <laughs> just totally forgot where I was going anyways we'll go back to um oh yeah my first dick bar experience (laughs) oh sometimes the ADD just really is startling um first bar experience so I went with a friend I went with a great friend shout out first and she um she's been doing she's been doing bar recently and I'm always down for I'm always down to try a different workout I enjoy group workouts I enjoy um any kind of any kind of different workout like I just I I think it's fun I like to do things that better myself I enjoy that I don't feel like that's anything to be ashamed of do I like to lay on my couch do I like to gorge myself do I like to involve my you know and do a lot of things that are you know self not great for me absolutely yes Will I lay on the couch and watch TV all day sometimes on a Sunday or, you know, yeah, I will. Will I literally not eat and accept not eat because I can't make myself or don't feel like, and trust me, I like to pat myself on the back. I feel like I'm a, a I'm, I'm a pretty damn good cook, not necessarily a baker. I've had a couple run-ins with a, a bake, a baked good here and there, um, but I, I like to pat myself on the back. I'm a very good chef, cook. I'm not going to say chef. And I'm not somebody who's going to like post about it on Facebook, you know, do this. I'm like, I'm a chef. I went to school because I really didn't. I honestly just kind of like do the shit. I know it tastes good. I know what it, it's like, it's weird. It's like, it's like a, it's like a thing. It's like a feeling. And I know that it stems from my Italian magical genes, which I know that people don't understand what I'm talking about but when I say that like my none of my family has had any professional training in any kind of cooking or baking and multiple people in my family have done multiple gigs around Cincinnati and are still doing gigs around Cincinnati where they are like the head this or that or like it just it's something that just runs in the blood and it's something that I am 
like to just like to just take a minute and just boost about. However, baking, not so much. I've had a couple issues. I can definitely do a boxed good. I can definitely do that. Something from scratch is probably not going to taste great. Um, definitely have done like cookies. Oh my God, I've done chocolate chip cookies from scratch and they actually, they always end up literally like cake cookies. Cake cookies fucking cookies and like I'm not totally inept I know how to do it I'm just saying like there's been there's been a couple of run-ins where it's definitely has just it's smeared my name in the pastry industry let's just put it that way wow I'm sorry I'm just really I'm just it there's just a lot of tangents there's a lot of tangents but that's okay that's okay that's at least okay with me um back to my first bar experience you know like I keep trying to talk about so I went and I've never really understood kind of what bar is. I know that it stems from dance, which I do have a dance background. I'm, you know, not saying that I was like throwing my body and doing crazy contemporary co- contemporary choreography like you watch on um, So You Think You Can Dance, but literally like danced all the way up until like a significant point, all, probably up until high school, which then in high school I did musical theater and was in pretty much every single play musical um so yeah (laughs) um total 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 fucking nerd anyways so bar class um I still to this day feel like literally from under the um yahoos all the way down to my toes is sore um definitely had the old um pretty much the last couple of days ever since so like Sunday and I'd say like I'd say yesterday um duh because that's you know the only other day that there is except for today I'm having to you know do the entire lower yourself down on the toilet seat to use the facilities which is always fun and it is always a nice shake up and it always makes me think is this what I have to look forward to come you know come the ripe age of good old you know 89 90 years old or whatever however age whatever age that I become decrepit where I'm having to lower myself down on the toilet seat now greatly enough um my god god bless my mom who has gone through this horrific foot foot heel ankle surgery reconstructive surgery but she has all these like senile gadgets god bless her heart but she's needed like the scooter she's needed the cane she's needed there's literally a contraption which I've seen and I just literally when I ever see anything that like looks like remotely like hospitally or old it's just that's just that feeling it's just that weird feeling but she had the thing where you literally put it over the toilet seat and you it's it makes it so you don't have to like lower yourself down oh my god literally the best contraption on the face of the planet sitting on it is a little weird it's a little um it kind of makes you think about yourself make thinks about your choices your life and how you're sitting on something um above the toilet I don't know it's like a whole kind of spiritual experience that happens there but um it was definitely great because I, I'm, I'm telling you what a bar class is no fucking joke so I'd like to say that I'm a pretty I'm a pretty it's weird it's like I'm not I wouldn't say like I'm in shape. I wouldn't say I'm not in shape. However, when I go to a worker class or something, I'm not like completely lost. Like I pick up things very quickly. I can carry a beat, obviously. I mean, my God, if I couldn't carry a beat, I mean, kill me for the fact that that's, you know, baby mommy had to do some dances and had to sing some songs in her past. So I hope I can carry a beat. So Bar is a lot of, um, once again, not a pro, only been to one class. So I'm going to try to talk about it in a way that doesn't make me sound, you know, like a total yuck, a total, 
a total bitch. Um, so from what I'm gathering, from what I've been told, and from what I did, um, it's it's a movement class. I think it very much borders on the fact of aer- like aerobic. There was a lot of like hand motions that at the time made me feel a little self-conscious. Um, you know, it just, it was very like, it was very aerobic. It, so it's, it's very, it, it is, it's a movement-based class of a lot of isolated movements. And what I mean by isolated movements, you know, for anyone who's never done a bar class or who doesn't plan on doing it, um, you know, so like they'll like put you in, they'll like have you do one um, combination. So whether that's just for instance, if you're in like a sumo squat, whatever, if you're like knees bent, just to kind of give you a picture and like you're doing this like squat motion and then your hands come, you know, bring themselves forward. I know this is like super basic and if you can't see it, you don't understand it. I wouldn't either. Um, and then so you do that and you do that and you're repeating that and you're repeating that for like, a, you know, a good part of the song. And then it's like, OK, let's take that even further. Sit down further in your seat. So increase even more tension, even more, um, you know, to the point where there's a couple of times in this bar class. I swear to God, I feel like I was I was shaking so shaking so hard. I felt like I was going to like shake myself onto the like shake myself out of the position I was in. Like I mean, there were times where like you know that feeling where like my ash cheeks and my thighs were literally shaking so hard. I was like, oh my god, I like I literally have to stop because people are gonna think that something's wrong with me. And like I had to like stretch out my thighs. I'm I was totally into it. I was totally into it. I was there. I was there with the people. It was a very, it was a packed event. It actually took place at a brewery. Um, it was a packed event and we were in the kind of like the front corner, but, um, really great. Really like digs makes you dig deep in your fucking soul, which I'm all about a workout that just makes you dig deep into your soul. And literally at the end when you're like releasing endorphins, like I said, I've cried in a soul cycle class. I've teared up in a soul cycle class. I teared up at the end of this when we were doing our cool down. I mean, I'm an emotional creature. Sue me. I also didn't realize that like the rush of endorphins kind of makes you cry. So I literally just thought I was like me and I was like sitting there and I was having like this like emotional moment, which like I am once again, I am all for. I am so all for an emotional moment. The more emotional moments, the better. Okay. Crying is great. Crying feels great. And I know that I probably sound like an absolute psycho lunatic. And I really don't cry all the time. (sighs) But I cry a lot. But it feels so good. It feels so good. You know what also feels really good? Screaming. And I know that might sound a little weird at first. But let me explain. So Saturday night, I kind of like this past week I was like I don't know if I was like searching for something to like make me feel I don't know I really wasn't like living this week like I was not living this week like numb or whatsoever I promise I wasn't but I was like looking for something kind of like something to do something that I kind of wouldn't normally do and I don't know and my brother got this idea in my head because he went to this haunted attraction um, he went to the USS Nightmare, which is a haunted attraction on this rickety ass old showboat, old steamboat that sits down on the Ohio River. And I honestly think the only use for it, I don't even know the use for it when it's not Halloween time. So they turn it into a total haunted attraction. I've been twice before. So this will now be my third time that I went. 
I'm going to say my track record with haunted attractions is not, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I feel like I've started out, I started out, um, a, a little weak. I started out a little weak bitch and I can quite remember the time I went to USS Nightmare with my youth group. One, the fact that I said youth group. Yeah, it was true. Definitely dabbled in youth group. You know, did that thing for a while. Loved it. Great. Um, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, went to youth group and two of my good friends from school, actually, we went to the same church. We were in the same youth group. Fab. So we went to USS Nightmare. And for somebody who like proclaims himself and is always trying to find the next horror movie and doesn't say that things really scare them. Now, don't get me wrong. Like things scare me and spook me. Do I run up the stairs every time that I'm in the basement somewhere by myself? Absolutely. Or if I'm like behind somebody going up the stairs, do I run after? Absolutely. Um, do I spook myself all the time? Do I hear things in my sleep that wakes me up? Like, for instance, I've started watching The Haunting of Hill House and um, watched it all day Saturday with my family and sat and or no Sunday and Sunday night while I'm sleeping peacefully in my bed with my little schmunk and Duncan. Did I hear a like a door slam in my apartment and did my eyes literally snap open like I just heard Santa Claus on my roof like as a child? Yeah. Yeah. And I was laying in my bed. I was like, Megan, don't do this. Your door is locked. Your apartment door is locked. You're on the second story. There is no ghost. Although I will say I had my windows open the other night in my kitchen. I had my window open and I had my blind all the way down and I had the little shitty blinds and I kept hearing this noise. And at first it startled me and then it startled me really bad. And then I actually thought it was a spirit. I thought it was a ghoul. And the reason I say that is because I had, I've, I've had a moment in this apartment previously where something has happened where it's been odd. It's been bizarre. I've had my light turn on, um, when it was off. Now the jury is still out. If that was potentially like a weird flick of like the type of dimmer that it is, the jury's still out. It was extremely startling and there's been weird things. I don't want to say because I don't get any weird vibes from this apartment. I actually feel like the safest I've ever felt in somewhere that's not been a childhood home. But I've had weird moments of Carson, my lovely, adorable bubby boy, puppy for, you know, I, I, I feel like I don't talk about my dog enough, but I just feel like it's just part. He's just part of me. He's always literally with me. I think about him all the time. Like he's just part of my 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 life my world so like whenever I talk about me and like my home life it's kind of just like includes Carson as well because he's just you know he's just my little shuggy bubby but um you know he's not he's he's really not a guard dog god love him I mean he does every now and then he does bark he does bark when he feels like somebody's but he's really not he's really not so there's been a couple of moments where he's been sitting like in a doorway with like the lights off staring into a kitchen and I know dogs are fucking weird and they do weird shit but I also know dogs are just as hypersensitive as children are for supernatural things. So I know that there's like a weird moment and like there's been it's always staring into the kitchen so it's always just weird so the kitchen obviously leads into the same room where we had like the whole light scenario happen. So once again, do I feel safe in my apartment? Yes, I've never felt. Now, there's been a couple of moments where we had a raccoon problem for a while where Ricky was coming onto my balcony 
he was sick. Clearly, he was sick. I, I had a weird summer with a lot of weird animal experiences, not for the best. Um, a lot of actually heartbreak, a lot of heartbreak that I'm not really going to get into. There was a lot. It was a lot stemming from birds. It was just a weird. It was weird. But then anyways, we had. Um, and I don't mean to cut a story short. OK, so there was a nest in my backyard. There were baby birds in it. I just happened to love them every single morning, would Instagram story them. I thought it was the coolest thing. I literally saw them from eggs to little ball sack baby birds. They're just like, you know, they look like little, they, you know, they look like little ball sacks. They're just like gross and ugly and have no hair. And I saw them and it was so cute. And I literally, there was three hairless birds, like baby birds that would like stick their beaks out. And they were on, not in a tree. They were literally standing or they were in a nest that was on a <laughs> a birdhouse that was just literally kind of like in the middle of like landscaping in the, in our backyard. And um, basically long, you know, casual long story short, I had, you know, did a little story of the lovely little birds that I, you know, kind of took a heart, kind of took a loving to. And I get, you know, it was early in the morning. I went off to the gym, came back to, like, let my little um, monkey boy out in the backyard and me sit and kind of, you know, enjoy nature. And I went to check back on my nest and I didn't see them there. And I thought, oh, my God, they've, like, they've left the nest. They've flown. I called them my dragons. There were three of them. It was very, like, Game of Thrones adjacent. It was just, it was great. It was wonderful. It was great. I felt a little close to nature. Come to find out this horrific tragedy that has obviously stuck with me ever since. But um, my aunt allegedly, because I'm, you know, if for anyone who doesn't know, I'm extremely Italian and I live in a two family bedroom or two family house. And my aunt and my grandfather live downstairs and my grandpa's sister and her husband live next door. And then two doors down from her, um, my my other great aunt, my other grand grandpa's sister lives there. So, you know, just kind of a little bit more Italian as shit. Um, Anywho, my aunt told me she was, you know, sitting at her kitchen window downstairs and she saw this beautiful hawk, this beautiful yellow hawk just sweep down and there was a mama bird on the ledge and allegedly the hawk um, dove at the nest. It got very graphic. It got very intense and literally it was natural selection in the backyard and then all three of the babies were gone because the hawk took them out of the nest literally like an hour after I had just taken a Snapchat story. So I digress. It was a weird, so we had, there. I've had raccoon situations on my balcony, which I have two of my windows in my family room that lead out to my balcony. And this raccoon was so fucked up that it literally a couple of times like scratched at my window and I was laying on the couch with Carson and I was just like literally dropped, like stood still in my tracks. Like if somebody... I, I just, I sometimes worry about my fight or flight. I sometimes worry that like my fight or flight is going, is going to fail me. And yes, in my previous supernatural situation back at my house where I heard somebody coming down the stairs, like clear as day, I did get up and grab the bat. But there are also times where like, like it's very like if I have to look through a window, if I have to look through or out of something, it's very scary. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting a little tangenty. This is a tangent episode. So you know what? I'm just I'm just trying to be be one with the people. I'm just trying to chit chat and just let loose. So if you're listening for predominantly like Hollywood stuff, I'm I'm sorry. I, I will get to that, I promise. But there's just a lot of there's just a lot of talk. There's a lot of story. Um 
so anyways, I really don't even obviously know how I got to that. Um, <laughs> sorry. So yeah, back to USS Nightmare. Went to USS Nightmare, which is a haunted attraction on the river. Um, <laughs> don't know how I got on the tangent about the birds and the raccoon. Being scared, whatever. Um, it was so, it was so fun. And I, I and I, I do have to admit, I, it was my idea. It was my idea. And like all of my friends were like, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, I, I don't even watch this. I don't even watch great movies. And I was like, okay, it'll be fun. Like, it'll be fun. Like, it's not real. It's fake scary. It'll be so fun. It'll be something funny to laugh about. Ha 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 ha. So like all week long, I'm like, oh, this will be great. This will be great. Don't even think about it. So the whole shtick about this night was, is that, so according to my brother, it was like more like there's this night, it's, it's more hands-on, it's more, there's more actors, they can touch you, it's more interactive. So literally, I know I, like, I've never, I always say like, oh, if they can touch me, I'm fucking out, I'm not doing it. But I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling, I need a little adrenaline, I need to go do something that's going to make me laugh, it's going to tell a good story, ha 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 ha, let's go do this, we have to go do something scary. So we go to dinner and we, you know, obviously are trying to get a couple, couple of drinks in. Well, that didn't happen. Um, so, you know, we had to like, we had to re kind of, we had to reevaluate, which we did gratefully, um, before we went in, thank God. And it was a chilly, it was a chilly evening on the river, chilly evening on the Cincinnati or on the Ohio river. And as we get down to the USS nightmare, which it starts to get very real once you start to walk up to one of these things, it starts to get, starts to kind of sit in a little bit like, oh my God, I'm about, I'm about to subject myself to, um, torture. Once again, like I'm not somebody who gets, I get scared. A good jump scare scares me. I get into a good jump scare. Um, storyline typically doesn't scare me um the only thing that really scares me is like um I'm just said um like 70 million times it's super annoying what really scares me is possession demonic shit which I think is why I'm just obsessing over this season of American Horror Story I think it is so I, I just it can I'm just so far Ryan Murphy has me and it's and you know it I, I, I can't say that every season. I cannot say that every season that Ryan Murphy has me because he doesn't. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the franchise, so I will always follow it. However, Ryan Murphy does not always have me. And I have to lie a lot of the times and say, it's so, it's so great. It's genius. But really, I'm like, what the fuck is even happening in American Horror Story? However, this last episode... The whole entire, you know, the last couple of episodes where we got to relive season one of Murder House. We got to relive um, some of the old characters that we loved. It was so good. And we got to we got to be back with Jessica Lang. We got to be back with the original Constance Langdon, the original Jessica Lang character, which that woman is just like, oh, she just speaks and it just comes out of her and it's so fluent and it's so natural and she's just a gem. She's a, she's great. Do I, I'm not going to lie. Um, once again, I'm somebody who loves franchises and I, and I, and I'm invested. I'm invested. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed her. However, it wasn't about her. It was about Michael. So we were talking about Michael. We were reliving memories with Michael. So it really wasn't about Constance. Yes, we got to have her back. 
yes, we got to see Jessica Lang again. However, it really wasn't about her, which is why I feel like it didn't feel as great as I wanted it to feel seeing her. And that's just me getting really picky and really specific. But um, it was still it was still great. We still got to see these flashbacks. We got to see these flashbacks and we got to kind of live and really start to build and paint this picture that Michael Langdon is the Antichrist, which, you know, has been the thing has been has been the coming all along. Um. And we kind of got to see, you know, we got we we got some very like forced closure with Violet and with Tate, which I think is which I'm not I'm not bitching. I'm not complaining about it. I'm I I, I love I love a good full story. We did get to visit back to um, and I am totally drawing a blank, but we did get back to Connie Britton's character. So she was um Anyways, I'm, I could look it up, but I feel like the time that I look it up, I just, uh, and if it's not coming to me off the cuff, then it's not coming to me because typically I would have these names literally in the back of my head. Um, anyways, we got to see Connie Britton's character and we got to see, um, I'm looking, I'm looking it up. Um. Yeah, we got to see Dylan McDermott back. So basically, we got to see husband and wife back. And we got to see Violet, which was cool and was really great. Dylan McDermott's character in, in season one of, of, of Horror Story, I, I kind of just hated. I absolutely hated. I hated everything about him. And I know that that's what his character was supposed to emulate. Ew, that's weird. I just looked up and saw Connie Britton on TV. Do you guys want to hear a really weird thing? Which I've been like... It's always something that happens to me that I never really talk about. It's called the tw- the 24-hour theory. It's literally the weirdest thing. I literally looked up after, like, I typed in Connie Britton AHS into my computer and then looked up and Connie Britton's on my TV on Bravo because now she's going to be on its show on Bravo, which I think I knew. So it's called the 24-hour theory. And I have found out about this theory a long time ago. I did Somebody told me about it and I, I God bless whoever did. And now that I'm telling you about it, you're going to realize it in more ways than you can ever imagine. So I actually had like something happen the other day at work where I literally was talking to one of my best friends, Megan. And God, I'm just such an amateur. I'm such an amateur tonight hitting my glass right by the microphone. So I said something to Megan. I said, oh my God, it's a 24 hour theory. And she was like, what is that? And I was like, it's literally we're like, You've seen something, you've come in contact with something, you've talked about something that is completely random and not something you would talk about or think about in your day to day. And then within 24 hours, it will come back to you. It will either come back to you in something that you see, something that somebody talks about, something that something references, whatever. Um, for example, just for example, because this is one of the most freshest things, and just like that one, like literally talking about Connie Britton out of nowhere, typing Connie Britton into my computer and looking up, and Connie Britton is on my TV. That's a really weird, that's a really weird example. That's a coincidence, but it's still 24-hour theory. The one that literally is the most freshest in my mind to paint the picture for you all of what that means is the other day, Megan and I were talking and she was telling me a story about her weekend and one of her good friends that she hangs out with and they were playing this game where they got, you have to draw your, and I'm probably explaining this wrong. However, there was basically something where 
the guy, her friend, she he had to draw an image of himself with literally just like the good old fashioned. It was like good old fashioned paint. Like it's not anything of like substantial quality, but it's just the good old fashioned. You stick your finger to it or you stick the stylus to it and you draw it, whatever. So they laughed at it because after they saw it, I Megan said that it literally looked like you looked like the rapist from and I'm sorry, I'm using that word just so free flowingly, but you looked like the pervert from the lovely bones which we chuckled and laughed at she showed me and it was you know this this very obscene just just abstract terrible drawing and it definitely does resemble you know resemble stanley tucci from the lovely bones anywho love stanley tucci definitely looks creepy in lovely bones was listening to something that it was either that next day was that next day i was listening to something i believe it was a podcast and somebody referenced somebody looking like Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. And I about shit my pants. I was like, oh, my God. This is just another reason. And I and I called her right away and I left her. I left her a voicemail. It was that mantra. It was that because we had just talked about we had just talked about the 24 hour theory. And like she had come to me with one. And there was one that happened at work where somebody sent an email out with like a meme and it was like the girls from clueless and it was share and then like our our manager over our team was wearing like a yellow flannel shirt and megan was like oh my god like share this i was just gonna say that you look like share and then so and so sent this so like we've we've she's kind of because at first she looked at me like i had seven heads like what the hell is 24 hour theory and i was like girl it's a thing it's real it is so real and now that I've told you you are going to have so many moments where you're like oh my god 24 hour theory it's creepy it doesn't make sense it'll be things that like you will you've never talked about like you've never talked about in a million years you'll talk about it you'll see it you'll hear it you'll eat it you'll feel it or whatever it is and then it'll come up to you and you'll be like okay that's the weirdest fucking thing anyways so that was um that's my little explanation of 24 hour theory but you know, back to USS Nightmare, which I keep trying to talk about this entire time. It was fun. It was great. It 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 was. I I I I will not lie. We got down there and it was a little cold. And I by a little I mean a lot, um, because you know weather has turned to turmoil here in Ohio very fast, very quickly, like it always does. I really honestly thought last year. On October 30th, 31st, Halloween, I remember being hot as fuck because we were dressed up. I was dressed up as Daenerys and um, yeah, and it was just, it was hot as the Dickens and it's already literally frost on the ground. So ha 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 shocker there. But um, it was really cold and I was kind of like, and everyone had kind of vocalized being scared, but everyone was like definitely in, but leave it to me to get like down to USS Nightmare and be like, ah. So, like, if anyone, like, doesn't want to go in, like, I'm fine with not going. Just kind of, like, backpedaling and everyone looked at me like, oh, no, we're here. We're here. We're going in. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was getting a little scared and I was not scared because, like, I know, I know in my mind it's fake and I know it's not real. But I was just like, I, I, you know, like, you hear things and your mind builds things up and you're like, I really honestly don't know what this is going to be like. Is it going to be dumb? Am I going to walk in and am I going to be able to enjoy myself and be able to, like, you know, know that I'm, like, in somewhere fake, which obviously I am because I've done, you know, I, I feel like knowing that there's working actors, I don't know. I just feel like it's a different thing. So we're waiting in line. It's obviously dark. There's a bunch of people. It's really cold. And, you know, we're 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 trying to keep up and keep in good spirits and um 
little, little, little did I know that I was going to be, I was going to be touched. I was going to be touched in line waiting for USS Nightmare. And, you know, I was, I was ready. I was ready to like have whatever was going to happen. Was I going to scream? Was I, I'm definitely not going to cry because I've never cried at something. And this isn't blackout. This isn't blackout like the haunted attraction that I've read numerous message boards about where like they waterboard you and they suffocate you and they make you watch really fucked up shit. It wasn't like, this isn't, this is Cincinnati, Ohio. It's not going to be like that. So we're waiting in line and I get a little like raise and I get a little grab around the around the side and I'm you know surrounded by my friends so I think it's somebody and I and I look around me and I look and I hear like a hee hee like a honk honk and I I just let out this I just let out this scream this just pure unadulterated terrified scream and I turn around and there's a weird overweight man with a sport coat and a short um, very like Lady Gaga um, poker face adjacent bobbed um, banged bobbed wig um, wearing a wife beater with his belly out and holding a long um, a blue balloon uh, doing very um, sexual things very it was a very phallic phallic balloon and I literally just screamed so loud and then I just could not stop laughing. I was just so it was just the, the like a like the purest moment of, of of fright and of scaredness. And then just the utter I mean, oh, my God, I was literally crying. I was laughing so hard. I was like, I, I felt it felt that sounds, sounds so weird, but I was like, it felt so good just to scream and to be scared. And after that, I was pretty much I was pretty much golden going in. But I'll tell you what, watching some of these people waiting in line for like a haunted, you would think I saw I literally like we there was a couple of times in line we were waiting in line we were getting up to the front where like one of the trap doors would open and somebody kept coming out with a chainsaw and like we would all laugh because like I I was I was facing my friend whose back was to it and I literally saw it happen and I was just. I like the door opened and I saw the chainsaw and like I literally froze I, I froze with fear like no words even came out to like yell at her like look out and it was just god there is just nothing there's nothing funnier than people being fucking scared shitless like I get such a good kick out of watching so I I every year around this time I'll bring up the like the the definite YouTube videos of these scary clowns, these scary clowns going around and fucking with people like in garages and they literally have like a fake body and they have a sledgehammer and they hit the head, which is obviously like a stunt head and it splats blood out and people literally go screaming for the high hills because, you know, I just feel like everything is so, um, everything is so planned nowadays. Everything is so cultivated. If that's even a word, I think that's a word. But everything is just so planned that, like, yes, comedy is funny and, yes, you know, sticky stuff is funny and, yes, you know, jokes and stand-up comedy. But, like, there's something just so sickly pure about somebody's being scared shitless that is the funniest thing to watch. Because it's so genuine. It's so there. It's so in the moment. It's so vulnerable. It's just so fucking funny. Anyways, we went through this house and the second I got in, well, it... I tell you what, the second that you slap on a label of like mature content on like any kind of like situation, whether it be a haunted house or whatever, they definitely like to overuse like just really like really aggressively um, vulgar phrases like we literally walked into the we walked in with our group and we were asking, you know, if you just 
it just was a little like, okay, like, okay, we're going to be talking about that. And, you know, being, you know, sorry, like explicit content, but being yelled at, we're like, cocksuckers and this and that. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's a lot. It, it gets, it's just, it's funny to me that that's like, just because there's like, they now can do whatever they want. Like, that's like, that's their out. Like, that's not scary to me. Like, let me, let me sit down and let me have a little chit chat with all of these haunted characters. And let me tell you what's funny. Or excuse me, not funny. Let me tell you what's scary. I don't want to hear like, I'm going to make you my living doll. Like, I want to hear like, I watch you while you're asleep and I'm going to like, I want to hear some really fucked up shit. And like, it makes me laugh because I know that they like, they practice and they have these words. And honestly, like, I know that these people who like are living, like do this thing, they have to be, car- they like, they're like a, they're like a sect of carnies. They have to be carnies. Like they all, like, I think every time that it's going to be like this troop of actors, but it just happens to be, it literally just looks like, and I, apologies um if this is just you know very like you know non uh, you know non pc of me to say but it always seems like it's like a family from like the hills who you know like have a little bit of like nothing else to do and they're dressing up and it's like it just seems like it's very like it's very homey however we get into this we get into this haunted house and we were in a group of six, which inevitably we heard we were going to be split up from my brother. So that happened. And it happened to be my one of my best friends and her, and her younger sister got split up from the group. So, like, once I got in and I, like, wasn't scared. And, like, don't get me wrong. Once again, I will say, like, I'm not walking through that thing like I am, like, Superman. Like, there were things that would jump out at me that would scare me. But for the most part, like, I was in on it. Like, I thought it was actually really cool. Like, we entered in. Like, the first thing that we entered in was, like, we walked in this we walked we had the door open like it was an elevator and we walked in this elevator and there was a weird guy and he walked in the elevator and he didn't say anything and the lights turned off and all of a sudden there was a bunch of hydraulics and we were like moving around and there was rave music and it was really cool and there was like strobe lights and he was coming up and like I was totally into it he grabbed he grabbed my head but like the thing about it is like they would they say they can touch you like I don't know this is how I felt and I kept telling my friends I was like just they're not going to do anything that is going to it's like they're not going to do anything you don't sign anything going in here they can't like they're touching you very softly like everything was very like he grabbed my head but like he was like leading me and guiding me of what he was going to do and maybe that's just because like I am like thinking of like from the at once again thinking from the actor standpoint in the haunted house I just, I really enjoyed it. And then from that moment on, I was just like, okay, I'm totally in this. I'm going to like take these moments. I'm going to take these liberties and I'm going to act like I'm in a scary movie. So I was like overdoing and just like having my moments of like, ah, like screaming and acting like it was just, it was just awesome. There was like, we had blood put on our foreheads. We were like, we had to take shots in this one like room where this like this witch took us and she was saying that she was like, we are becoming part of like the coven and we had to take the blood and we all got shot glasses and we all did. We all like looked at each other and I was like, fuck me because I, I can't, I cannot do shots. I am literally the biggest bitch gag reflex. I am 20 going to be, I am I feel like I've said my age a lot recently and I'm just like, I am 20 stopping, but like I'm 27 years old and I do not take shots. I cannot take shots. If I do take shots, I instantly gag. I, I, I've had moments where I've made eye contact with my friends and I'm literally like gagging with my mouth closed and I have to like spit my drink out. You know, it's not cute. It's not attractive. I'm not proud of it. Um, that's why I stay away from it. So I took a little sippy sip of this and I was like, oh my God, it's tomato juice. Even worse, even more disgusting. 
and I literally took it and then we had the blood on it. It was just like a whole thing. And I was like, yeah, like I was like, li- I, I, I was like the annoying person walking through the haunted house. Like, this is the, like, this is what I dream of. Like, so gross and creepy. And then there was like, I mean, it was, it was great. It was funny to say the least, but oh my God, there's some people that go through those things and I'm like, why are you like, there's some, it's like either an act or it's like, they're really that scared. But I saw some people in line, like there was a girl dressed up as Harley Quinn, which is like cool. And like, I think that's cool. And she's not scary. And she's like walking around and trying to talk to you. And she's like, are you guys talking about me? And we're all like, um, like it was like weird. It's like, we don't really like have like witty banter to like go back and forth with like like a dumb Harley Quinn that's waiting in line but she like scared some girl behind us like so bad that she like fell to the ground and was screaming and I was like I don't know how you're here I don't know what you're doing here um but your shit's about to be rocked because you're about to be I mean you're about to be we had there was there was things there was liquids we got wet there was things on our face I mean somebody had to kiss a pig head which I think was hilarious because I was like waiting for that the whole time because my brother told me about it, and I was like <laughs> and the guy told me to shut up when I was in that room so whatever whatever um but it was it was quite it was quite a joy but like I said that was not the first time that I've gone through USS Nightmare um, one of the times I've previously gone through USS Nightmare was was a long time ago with my youth group. Um, I was with my friend um, who, oh my God, there was a girl with a rat who I've seen her when I've gone in USS Nightmare previously, but when it wasn't like this hands-on night and she's been in this, she's been in a gla- like a glass kind of like window with like a bunch of rats like crawling over her but she was like in I she was like in there this time and had a rat and literally like the rat the real rat touched my face that was the only thing I was like a little like once again I'm not like gonna like cry I'm not gonna freak out I'm not gonna cause a scene and act like a you know somebody who's like has this phobia that is literally just so scary that they're gonna cause the biggest scene in front of everybody but like the rat graced my face and for a moment I was like that was fucking gross like, just a quick, just a quick little, like, touch-in. I was like, okay, a rat just fucking hit my face. Like, that was, that was not what I had expected. But I, but I moved on as, as a warrior, as a haunted house warrior. And I will say a, a, a tip to anyone going into a haunted house, always be the first one. I know it's scary. I know you don't want to be the first one going into the unknown. But you can at least normally like see the people or at least like you know they're going to be popping like you know and you're expecting them to be popping out when you're in the middle or in the back like the back's like the worst is just the worst possible place because one they're going to chase you um two like the middle's obviously bad like the front I just feel like in a lot of the like a couple of times we ran into like the group ahead and like you could see the oh god it was just such a funny thing to me just like you could see the actors getting frustrated like that their bits were ruined and I was like oh god the veil's been lifted the veil's been lifted but anyways so that was that was a joy um steaming off on that on the hauntedness of everything I did start haunting um, of Hill, The Haunting of Hill House. And I watched the first four episodes on Sunday and I haven't been able to watch any since. But it's a really great show. It's really good. Very great, very great quality. Really great quality. Love the actors in it. A lot of like pretty well-known people. Um, by well-known, I mean like I've seen them in something else. Um, obviously, we have the mother. We have, um, we have... <laughs> 
We have the mom from Twilight. We have Daenerys slam piece who plays Stephen Crane, like the main brother. Um, the mom plays like the oldest sister, I believe. And I know I'm just kind of rambling right now and people are probably like, you know, you know, a little bit phasing out because they don't really give a shit about people's names. But long story short, the the haunting on Hill House is actually, um, it's creepy. It's it definitely is scary. I on I I also think I could watch it alone. I did watch it Sunday just because like I was with the family and we all love creepy stuff. And we all love TVs and movies, um, but mostly creepy and horror. Like we love scary movies, so I was like, let's watch this. We watched the first four episodes. Um, just I'm like I like kind of want to watch it right now and I'm I, I I promised my sister I would wait it's really good um a lot of back and f- it's a lot of flashbacks so we're flashing back to when the when so it's about a family it's about a family that moves into this big beautiful obviously haunted house um, but it's this family with, um, it's the mom and the dad, the cranes, the mom and the dad, and they have, there's five kids, there's three girls and two boys. And it shows them as little kids. It shows them flashback and then it shows them flash forward where they are right now is, um, they're all like obviously adults and in their lives and have moved on. And, um, the oldest brother has written a book about their times in this, in this house where they all say, you know, they've all experienced weird things. They all, I think, don't really know. Um, none of them really, like, they all know what they experienced, but I don't think anyone's just coming flat out and saying it. Nobody really comes out and says that it's this haunted place. Um, we learn, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it and if you don't want to hear anything, or if I'm, I'm, I'm getting very carefully, I'm not going to give anything away that's crazy, but it's something that you learn very early on. You learn very early on that the mom is no longer with them and that she allegedly has committed suicide within the mansion. And that's like the dad didn't, you know, they always, they're, they're, they have a lot of resentment towards their their father because he didn't really give them a lot of um, details about the mother's death but they had this very like last moment where they all left the mansion and um, once again they're all kids so they all have different pieces of memories and they all have different memories from growing up in the house that other kids you know like the other siblings don't have and you get to watch that and then you get to watch them previous so it's it's very good. I'm still very young into the show. Four episodes is very young because I heard like the last episode you have to watch like three times. Like I just, I'm super into it. I'm super into um, a lot of the characters. Um, the dad. So the dad is actually is the little boy from E.T., which is very interesting. And definitely once you like see it, you once you know it, you can see it. Um, I love... So there's like the little boy, one of the, one of the brothers, his name is Luke. And, um, in his adult life, he, he actually ends up being this drug addict and like this total just weight, not waste, but you learn that it's, you know, there's so much that happened in his history, but his little character, he has these little glasses and he's so cute. And I have this weird thing, apparently when I was younger and it's not apparently it is a thing. I had this thing for like people with I, my mom said that I always like brought home friends with like glasses like little girls with glasses and then like the one American girl doll that I wanted though the only American girl doll that I wanted was Molly and like she had glasses and like I wanted glasses but my mom said I had this weird thing with like little little kid like people with glasses 
but I am just totally, absolutely in love with Luke and his little, his, his younger self-character, his older self-character's hat, obviously an addict, so not, but oh my god, so cute. Anyways, I just, every time he comes on screen, I'm like, oh my god, I just want to, he's just so cute. Anywho, getting a little too, getting a little too, um, far, far off here, but really great. I'm so excited to watch the rest. I did start making a murderer season two. And can I just say that like it, it, and I, and I feel like everyone feels the same way. Like there's been a lot of time that's passed. There's been a lot of time that's passed since we watched the first season of making a murderer. We probably most, I mean, I knew I forgot a lot of like the details of the case, a lot of details of the murder. Um, but beginning to watch, you know, the season two again and beginning to kind of get pick up from where we left off. And all I can say is, is that I've I think I've watched once again, like I think I've only been like three or four episodes in. But all I can say is about this is that um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb. And obviously we all know that Brandon, Brandon Dassey is completely um he's whatever you want to call it I don't know his 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 um, diagnosis I know that his mother talks about it I know that it's a known thing that he is just he's he's slower he was slower his learning level was was lower um, and it's very obvious by his police video that he was coerced or once again I'm I'm I don't claim to be a genius I don't claim to have the best grammar I don't claim to have the best but you know what I'm saying you know exactly you you, you know exactly the route that I'm going embarrassingly enough oh god sometimes I just sometimes I just can't stand it I don't even know what I'm talking about anyways um so we see him in this police video just basically like his basically Stephen Avery's post-conviction lawyer that he hires, Kathleen Zeller, um, the woman who eats wieners and bones for breakfast in her breakfast bowl, she is the hardest bitch, just the hardest bitch I think I've ever laid my eyes on. She's stone cold. I believe she's gotten like 17 people out of, um, I don't know the correct lawyer terminology, but she's known for getting people who have been convicted, who have have had these convictions who have had these lifelong sentences she's got she's got them released so she has this bitchin repertoire of of clients and I guess they tried to get her for Stephen Avery in the in years past and they finally got her but um she's a stone cold bitch and she's intelligent and she's smart and she's been I mean just watching the first couple of episodes and watching her conduct some of these experiments that you'd think would be pretty, like, pretty, like, self-explanatory or, like, uh, that most people would do. I'll say this. Brandon Dassey, I don't think, was involved in the murder. Um, in the actual murder that they say that happened to Teresa Halbach, which they said that she was shackled and chained by um by Mr. Kratz the lawyer Mr. Kratz who god love that guy I I honestly I'm gonna look it up real quick because as much as I talk about him and as much as they talk about him in the documentary in the first couple of episodes I think he died I 
And if that says that's terrible, so maybe not. Okay, maybe not. Maybe that was somebody. Okay, that was probably just thinking of the lawyer from, um, thinking of the lawyer from the staircase. I know she died, but um, he, the prosecuting attorney, um, Kenneth Kratz. I mean, he just gets he just gets blasted. He gets blasted. And it's funny because they, they, they like talk about this this documentary. Everyone talks about the, the the making a murder documentary as being so one-sided. And I can understand that. I can see that. I can absolutely see that. It's weird though, because like the facts that they lay out about Stephen Avery, I mean, I'm one of those people who um I mean, just by watching his human traits, by watching him, by knowing his background, he's not an intelligent man. He's not an intelligent man. He doesn't come from an intelligent household. It's 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 environment. It's it's nature. It's where he grew up. I mean, there's it's just one of those things where when you watch this, I mean, it's just it's baffling to me when you watch this evidence and when you watch Kathleen Zeller do all of these experiments and you watch how just so willing Stephen Avery is to um, to just go through everything and go through every testament and still go through it even though he has no money and I know people say like oh but like the something that I remember hearing from listening to the serial podcast is like not like there was a lawyer who said that like the chances of somebody actually being like a psychopath like a psychotic psychopath is very slim to none like not everyone that we come across is the psychopath that has that this brilliant this brilliant plan when when you watch this show, it's startling. The fact, the facts. Um, and I'm just talking about the first couple of episodes where, like, the blood, the blood that was planted in Teresa Hallbach's truck, her her SUV, her her trailblazer. The simple fact that if that's Stephen Avery's blood, and if it allegedly is coming from a cut, and it allegedly is you know dripping, and that's where how the blood got, wouldn't the blood be other places? Wouldn't the blood be on the handle? Wouldn't the blood be on the steering wheel? Wouldn't the blood be on the key and not just on that one little place on the dashboard? Wouldn't the blood be mixed? Wouldn't the blood and the DNA be mixed from the back of the car to the front of the car? Everything's very separated. Her DNA and blood's in the back of a car, in the back of the car. Um, his DNA's in the front. Wouldn't everything be mixed? Wouldn't it be mixed? Wouldn't hers be kind of in the front and his in the back? I mean, it's just a little too rigid. And obviously, um, I'm not saying that Stephen Avery didn't do it. Um, I genuinely don't think he... I I genuinely don't think he did. I, I'm not saying that he wasn't maybe... In, I don't know. I just... He's not smart enough. And he just... I mean, he wasn't there. I mean, from even the first episodes of Making a Murder, when they talked about, like, where he was at the time, I think that there's some other things and I think that there are some other people. Um, I just don't think with all that his background is and all that his and being wrongly convicted the first time, I, I think there's some heavy, heavy shit because the problem that we're coming up with this trial is that it's all state based. So th- they're trying to get the federal court involved to revoke this trial, to have a retrial and they're using the terms and the grounds that their constitutional Brendan and Stephen's constitutional rights were not, were, 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 um, not evoked, whatever, were not properly given. So like the fact that it's, it's so state based and like 
there's a lot of history with the state and with the Avery family. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of history with him. There's a lot of history with this, with this sheriff's, with the sheriff's department. And I don't, I'm 100% don't, I, I keep doing that. I'm so sorry. That's so annoying. I, I don't know why that keeps happening. Um, the sheriff's department is not clean, is not clean. I mean, there was things that popped up in, I mean, do we remember the keys that were not there during the first runaround and then were there and then the this and then that. There's just, there's so much stuff that when you're questioning all this stuff, I mean, when it's so blatant, I mean, the tube, do we not remember in the first season of Making a Murderer, the tube of Stephen Avery's blood that had been tampered with, that there was a hole in top of the, top of the tube of blood, or if I'm mistaken, um, of what exactly the the liquid was, I believe it was his blood, but it was it was tampered with. It was somebody had gotten into it. Somebody had gotten into it. I'm not saying that Stephen Avery's not guilty. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he was wrongly he was wrongly tried. He was wrongly convicted. Um, and by that I mean the state of Manitowoc or whatever the hell the the ya the ya. You coming up to see me? Yeah. The way wherever in Wisconsin, whatever, their state police, their town police are corrupt. They're corrupt. They're fucked up. They wanted to get him. He caused him enough trouble previous years and they wanted to get him and they got him. So you can't look at, you can't watch everything if you watch. And I know once again, the, the, this only shows one side, but they like, they're showing the Ken Kratz side, but they're also continuously showing the side of when you're watching this new lawyer and how much, I mean, she has a, she has a reputation to put on the line. She was like, she basically laid it out to him and said, if you're guilty, I'm going to find out and you're going to be an even deeper shit. And he was like, cool. Okay, let's do it. So, I mean... I'm once again, I'm still, I'm still tipping my, tipping my tippy, tippy toes in all these shows, but that's where I stand on that. I mean, I don't know. It's just a little, it's a little iffy, if you ask me. It's a little bit iffy. <sighs> so that's it for this week's episode. <laughs> little, little click, little cut short. It's time to go. Thank you for listening. This is um, this has been another episode with Mad Yet Mighty. And I hope that you will continue to enjoy. If you're listening, continue listening. Please, if you want to like, if you're listening for the first time and are like, who is this girl? And you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me on Instagram at, at Meg Kelsip. You can follow me at Twitter. You can find me on Twitter um, at Megan Cipollone. And if you have not subscribed and you're like too cool for that if you don't want to like do that and if you want to like follow and like give somebody like the like like the benefit that you're listening it's fine that's cool but like you should probably just scroll down to the bottom if you're listening on iTunes or go to iTunes subscribe on iTunes because then you get a pop-up when I have a new episode and who doesn't like that pop up on new episode follow me on that rate the um if you're feeling generous Give a five-star review. Isn't that so annoying that I say it every time? But I'm going to say it every time. Please give this episode a five-star review. It matters every time. Just because you do it one time doesn't mean you can't do it another time. And I think the biggest thing about it all is if you like this podcast, if you find it remotely funny, even though you hate to admit it, tell a friend about it. Tell a friend and tell multiple friends and let them listen. Let them enjoy. Um, let them enjoy, you know. That's cool. That's nice. So... 
I hope everyone has a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend. And this has been Mad Yet Mighty. And I'll talk to you all later. Bye.